Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Well, Danny and I want to get into a way-too-early reassessment of our predictions and see whether, in fact, uh, we can glean anything from three or, in some cases, four games. But my first prediction is that you will like chocolate milk, which provides real recovery backed by real science so you can put in the real work. Research shows that drinking low-fat chocolate milk after a strenuous workout is a nutritious way to refuel your body and build lean muscle. That's because low-fat chocolate milk has the right mix of protein and carbs that your body needs and provides fluids and electrolytes to replenish what you lose in sweat. See the real science at Built with Chocolate milk.com that's built with chocolate milk.com so these are always dangerous right we've we've got our predictions which obviously are not particularly infallible and then there's the danger of trying to make assessments based on minuscule three and four game samples and so the question is can you distinguish between you know statistical anomalies and just unlucky shooting or a tough schedule or an easy schedule versus what's real and what isn't so there's certainly a chance that we could have had our predictions be turning against them now after three or four games and then oh wait no we probably should have just stayed with the process that brought us to those predictions to begin with because those were based uh, on trying to look at these teams in a less ephemeral way whereas really your passions can kind of be inflamed by the first week of the season but nonetheless this is kind of the fun of this exercise we are going to soldier on here so uh, you know we did our predictions podcast not 10 days ago danny uh which prediction in terms of season wins are you feeling the worst about one week into the season i'm sure there would be pressure considering the Lakers haven't won a game as of when we recorded this, I fully expect that they will beat the Suns on Wednesday night. Or is that game on Thursday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Okay. So I Thursday is my... Denver. That's the one we're doing. The, yeah, the one for we're the, doing for, for Twitter NBA, NBA show is Denver. Yeah. So I'm sure there'll be people saying, oh, you should, you should pick that. I, I said the Lakers win 46. I actually still feel decently about that. Hmm. So the, the one that I feel the most off on this point, I would probably like, I mean, w- part of what I'm realizing in this and it happens is that w- I, so I said Boston would win 60. That was one that you were skeptical of. And I think Boston will win a lot of games this year but 60 is a big number like that's a, a, a threshold that takes a lot they have to be really healthy and all that so I still feel that Boston's going to finish with the best record in the Eastern Conference but you can it, it's so it's so easy to slip up for a game or two like the one they had against Orlando that I think I was a little bit too cavalier about giving them that kind of a win total when they haven't done it before yeah Boston's offense has really been disappointing they are third to last in the NBA now uh, below a point per 
possession, uh, which is pretty tough for me. I had them at 57. I think they'll still end up right, right about it in that range. Yeah, and to be clear, I think they're going to end up in around that range too. I just feel like yeah. gi- giving a team 60, it feels different. It's like, okay, you know, they're unambiguously like dominant. Like they could win 58 and I would just feel like, oh, why did I push it that hard? So I think for me, I've got a few candidates here. New Orleans, 46. They certainly look like they're going to be way better than that. I did thankfully take their over, but just by 0.5 of a game. Aren't you glad I taught you into that too, by the way, Danny? <laughs> you and me when we did the uh, the full team preview on them, picking them to win 48, could both both combined to help convince me. But yes, I'm thankful. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I guess you, uh, you convinced yourself when reminded of what you had done previously. Uh, so some candidates here, Houston 59. You know, I, I'm loath to judge them right now with Paul having been out for, uh, this will be his second game. They've got a lot of injuries. James Harden does look a little bit heavier then you might hope his finishing at the rim was a big problem in that game against the Clippers that they lost. But there still is just so much talent on this team. I think once they get rolling again, you know, the Michael Carter-Williams experiment certainly is not looking good right now. But And they just don't have enough bodies at the moment. So I don't want to say they won't get to 59. I mean, just the fact that they've started so poorly. I mean, so for them to just start one and two, you might say, all right, I'm going to knock that down a, a peg or two. I'm not that worried about them yet. At the Lakers at 48, that's not looking great so far. Although they've got their own suspension problems also. But just, man, their bigs are so bad. It's really... I started to think man this defense is going to be pretty awful and, and it has been it's up because they've had a self schedule too let's see if they can go take care of business against the suns and then they'll have a really interesting test against the nuggets um minnesota i mean i guess you know their 40 wins was predicated on jimmy butler not being there the longer he's there the <laughs> despite all the dysfunction he's a pretty good player they got some pretty good talent on this team so you know 40 wins is too low if jimmy butler is gonna spend a lot of the season there uh and then Indiana might be just a little bit lower on them uh, than the, the 48 wins. They haven't looked great in the early going. And then uh, Charlotte and Detroit, I had them for 37 and 36 wins. They both look pretty decent. You know, I might bump them up a little bit, but you know, so injuries are going to have a huge toll on this. I think ultimately my pick would probably be New Orleans for only 46. They've just looked so good uh, in the early going. Uh, I think that's the prediction I regret the most well, uh, as of now. I don't regret this one the most, but I said Chicago would win 29 and that feels rosy right now just like cleveland at 33 <laughs> might be too like th- those two where it's like okay you know they're because you're thinking about the idea that you're it's expected value and for chicago especially now that chris dunn's going to be out for an extended period of time it feels like that number is going to get knocked down even though zach Levine has been fantastic so far offensively and for cleveland we'll get we'll get into some of the other predictions not team record predictions later but some of what i saw there as a possibility is looking more likely at the moment uh all right wins prediction that you feel best about best is is interesting because you're, you're trying to get it closest to the pin so it's not necessarily about yeah I, I mean i was thinking about it as like one where i maybe differed a little bit from the consensus uh and it's looking to be right like that's kind okay. of how, how i'm seeing it well i think maybe the idea that phoenix wasn't going to be a lot better than last year that even though they added significant talent remembering that they were the worst team in the league last year and so i said they would win 27 it feels like that kind of team they did get that win on opening night against Dallas and 
They'll figure a lot more out over the course of this year, but you also have the weight of the pressure just to keep your pick and to get the best pick possible and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there was that possibility of they have the, oh, the biggest win improvement in the league. Like I know that was when I talked with Michael Schwartz for the team preview on that. I That's not out the window, but it's creeping towards the window and the window starting to open up. I'd say for me, it's both Toronto and Milwaukee looking really good so far uh you know I knew you were on board those trains as well maybe not quite as much as I was maybe more so on the Bucks than the Raptors but you know I picked Toronto for the number one seed in the east I'm feeling pretty good about that right now and 58 wins and Milwaukee I had with 51 I mean they're looking like they might do even better than that uh but you know I certainly we, we acknowledge that they could be and even that they might be better than Philly also though Philly you know they also have had injury problems with Simmons tough loss uh, against boston um the clippers at 42 i'm not uh, that's one that i'm always going to kind of be crossing my fingers about uh but they've looked pretty solid in the early going and they they beat houston without chris paul so you can't crow as much about that but they've looked solid um all right we got a little bit more uh, to get to more than a little bit more uh, to get to here as, as we talk about how the early season is going but uh we're actually recording in the morning because there's a warrior's game tonight that's usually what we'll do i had to get up early had a a a couple of calls on the business side and uh as soon as i'm done recording i I could probably use a little bit of a nap but i'm gonna relax on my sturdy burrow sofa which is sitting in the sunroom uh, right now i'll have to kick the cats off of it though they they love it and it's great that burrow sofas are naturally scratch resistant our cats don't really scratch like super hard but certainly just from walking around on on the sofa and stuff they can dig their claws in but the burrow is, is holding up great we've had it for about six months now it's incredibly comfortable and i'm gonna just relax i might even fall asleep exactly 17 inches off the ground because that's the average height from the bottom of a person's foot to the back of their knee and the shopping process was fantastic for me you can easily customize your sofa without needing a trip to a dimly lit warehouse on the other side of town shipping is always fast and free and it took me about five minutes to to put together when it arrived they're also quite modular so you can actually get a smaller one and then order another piece as your family or your living space grows the way to get started with them and save 75 dollars on your new sofas by visiting burrow.com slash cap space easy to remember because we talk about cap space all the time on the program that's b-u-r-r-o-w.com slash cap space for 75 dollars off a, a new sofa remember burrow because you're going to want to burrow into it that's burrow.com slash cap space thanks again to them for supporting the show and let them know with that slash cap space url that you came from us okay again because we are negative people oh, oh i should i should ask you this uh for your prediction that you feel the worst about i guess you kind of answered this uh but how would you change it what would what would you reduce it to like 50 or increase 57 58 for boston you know not, not a big not yeah. a big decrease but just the idea of hey it's it's really really hard to win 60 games so something in that range i i my instinct to still that they finish with a better record than Toronto mostly that's because of resilience due to injury like I just I think that they have guys that can step up a little differently and they've also done that in the past but Toronto's awesome I mean I'm, I'm not going to say anything negative about them whatsoever so yeah I think I'd probably go there how about you um I might put New Orleans over 50 wins I mean health is always a concern they're a relatively thin team but they've looked so good when healthy and uh, AD it's so interesting to see both he and Giannis, those are the two guys who 
you know, our MVP candidates, the youngest MVP candidates out there right now playing at that top five type of level. We've been talking ad nauseum about them leaving these places, but, you know, they're playing really, really well in part because those guys are so good. Uh, that's why their teams are looking so good. And so maybe if those teams are, you know, in the 55 win type of range, which, you know, they've played at the level where you could even conceive of that, uh, you know, maybe that noise quiets a little bit. Although to me, it's not going to because both of those teams have such challenges, even if they do play well this year in either a even keeping together the teams that they have and then b getting better to get into true championship contention um so I, i'm not gonna say that that is if both those teams win 55 games this year and you know lose in the second round or even lose in the conference finals you know you're not gonna completely forget about that noise uh but yeah so i'd probably i'd probably bump them over 50 wins right now they've just looked unstoppable best offense in the league I don't really have any opposition that it's the only thing that left me that had me queasy before. And this is the same thing. Like I, I feel like the Clippers, what, cause I had them, I was going to mention them as one of the teams that I don't feel great about. I had them at 40 and they're better than a 40 win team when they're healthy. It's just the question is how healthy are they going to be? Also should mention that the Knicks have looked better than expected in the early going, but I'm not going to go crazy about them yet. I mean, we've seen them start off seasons looking okay. I mean, obviously a different team, but when the tank really sets in for these guys, you know, they can start to look extremely bad. So I, I'm, I, I didn't think they're capable of playing as well as they have so far, but I, I still, and you know, Trey Burke is actually looking like a, a player and, and this mid-range shooting that he has, like we're going to have to acknowledge he's actually a pretty damn good mid-range shooter right now, but I, I'm not willing to depart from that yet. If they play this wall for a month, then I think I will uh, revisit that one. Uh, awards prediction you feel worst about? Probably Markel Fultz winning most improved player. It's an easy narrative. And that was a will will win than deserve just because he does look better to me, but he doesn't look as much. And he has also improved over the course of the games that Philly has played to this point. But there are going to be so many other options and, and he'll he'll get an opportunity. It certainly appears that way. And that'll come up in another one of the award predictions that I would change. But that's it, it's a little I think it's a little too early for that, even though the narrative is still there. Yeah, that's uh, I agree with you uh six man i was extremely confident about lou williams i think that there are just so many other candidates who are looking good and and lou will come around but he's not playing as many minutes as last year i thought he was going to need to play enough minutes for them to score but you know the the way that harris and gallo have been playing like those guys have been playing the big minutes and with with those two on the floor you know i think they can go to some more defensive lines i didn't think that beverly or shea was going to look this good in the early going so that's eaten into lose minutes and then uh, probably the bigger part of that is how good some of the other guys have looked in particular jj reddick uh you know he uh, we talked last night about how awesome he is and how these new rules are making him really hard to stop and especially if he comes off the bench i mean you know if he's we'll see if he's able to continue to score like this uh, and if teams really adjust to what he's doing but uh he's been fantastic and julius randall you know i had them five and six you know i would move them up uh, i will give myself a little pat on the bat for josh hart being in this except for the fact that josh hart is probably going to be starting pretty soon as it gets into death desperation time with the lakers oh and three uh any others that you uh, would like to have oh well okay so uh on most improved you said it would be marco Fultz. who would you give it to now i don't have a thought on that yet yeah, it's too no, it's, it's too early especially like you don't know whether tj warren i mean tj warren would be like right up there with the, I mean, the way Oof. he's shooting the ball is just ridiculous and he's over 50 percent from three and the volume is way up too i mean tj warren another guy who if he doesn't end up starting could be in consideration yeah, for i mean the suns are gonna suck though so probably not but uh, it seems 
like six man usually comes from a pretty good team but uh yeah, Lou Williams got it on non-playoff teams but he also had a ridiculous resume I mean there was no way you were going to give it to anybody other than Lou Williams last yeah year. and they were in playoff contention until the end mostly because of yes him. yeah until um, the last week but yeah I mean TJ Warren he was 20 of 90 from three last year and you know he's over 50 percent this year and he's shooting like five a game pretty impressive um and, and I mean if he could shoot and space the floor his he becomes a really valuable offensive player defense still uh could use some work uh let's see another one that i don't feel great about so far i said that donovan mitchell would be the sophomore of the year actually i mean with simmons missing a little bit of time mitchell and tatum both struggling a little bit with their shots you know none of those big three have looked amazing uh, among the sophomores but i i suspect that all of them will come around and uh i said that dennis smith was my pick for the non-big three sophomore of the year he's struggling also with his shot but just hasn't really looked great with his decision making as finishing around the rim hasn't been good i mean it's more uh, the shot selection hasn't been good so I, that's uh a reason for pessimism there though maybe he'll get some more credit with the Mavs starting to look better but again that a lot of the Mavs two and one start has one been scheduled and two has been their bench looking pretty good um another one I'm regretting a little bit right now is Wendell Carter Jr. for number two rookie of the year as far as who would deserve it uh you know he just hasn't been that good so far uh and you know I, I think that there are just other rookies who have looked way better than him and, and have had some of the stats and I do try to incorporate who the best prospect is into as opposed to just who played the best that year as well so uh, putting all that in there i don't i think wendell carter's can still be good and it's only three games and he is starting but you know the bulls defense has looked really bad you know he would if he was going to be up there they, they would have to defend better with him on the court and that uh that is not happening as of now um any other ones that uh, you're looking at here i'm not overreacting to their zero and three start but i'm wondering about lebron's mvp candidacy just because he will transform the lakers offense i think that's already happened but if they take a pretty big step back defensively even though a large portion of that is not LeBron's fault. I don't know. If, if his case is basically all offense, then you start to throw him in the category with like Steph Curry and James Harden. And the other one that I feel... I don't feel like he's the necessarily the favorite right now for various reasons, but having Anthony Davis fifth feels way too low for me. He has been spectacular to start this season. I mean, playing center has activated him more defensively to start games, which I think is is great. And then offensively, he's completely ridiculous. So even though I generally posit the idea that a guy has to have the ball in his hands a lot to win an MVP, because that's generally the way it works, Davis is the template, like the, the first four games of their year, for how a, a guy can get in the conversation and possibly win it without that role. yeah and also just the fact that he's looked better as a one-on-one player than we've ever seen him either uh and maybe even better defensively than him. The, the way that he's embraced the center position finally you know has been a revelation i said my biggest surprise player would be eric bledsoe i picked the wrong guy i should have had chris middleton there uh on the the bucks and middleton is doing what we always asked him to do we he's a great mid-range shooter but he's also a great three-point shooter a 40 percent three-point shooter in his career and i felt like there are just too many times that he turned down threes and not only is he not turning down threes now he is really hunting them out and so for comparison last year he was around six three-point attempts per 100 possessions and 14.5 two-point attempts for 100 possessions this year he's up to 11 three-point attempts for 100 possessions which is you know a really high level not quite Steph Curry usage rate but you know that's like eight a game we're talking about here uh especially at the the new pace that we've seen in the league this year and he's 
he's down to 9.5 two-point attempts per 100 possessions so if he keeps that up i mean he's going to be an intensely valuable player bledsoe has looked fine on in his own right uh and he also said James Ennis, he has not looked great offensively in the early going or uh, as a, a big surprise player. Um, and I'm feeling pretty good about most of these uh, disappointing players so far. Andrew Wiggins, Rondo, Josh Jackson has still not looked great either. Uh, I did say Blake Griffin. He's looked good so far. Well, I feel bad about it. Yeah, I feel bad about a couple of the ones that I put in the consideration camp. Uh, Blake Griffin, most notable among those. Alfred Payton's looked good. We talked about him a little bit on last night's podcast that he's embracing the role that New Orleans is giving him. The rest of them, yeah, we'll see. I mean, one of the biggest surprises for me has just been how little so far Kyle Anderson has played for Memphis. I mean, they gave him a four-year offer sheet, and I expected he would just step in and and have this big role. But they've been going, you know, when when he's been healthy, they've been leaning on Chandler Parsons and everything else. There's plenty of time for that to change. But I I picked him in most disappointing, and I'm surprised by how little he's played. Yeah, well, other than Marcus Gasol, Mike Conley, and maybe Jaron Jackson. Now, you know, I think it's going to be a very fluid rotational situation between injuries and the whims of jb bickerstaff in memphis uh oh another one that i really regret is not having jaron jackson in the mix for rookie of the year he's looked great again so far uh and now that part of the reason i didn't was because i didn't think he was gonna start early enough but now jamichael green out right at the start of the year he's been in the starting lineup and playing pretty well okay give me uh, a prediction you feel pretty good about yep that i had that one too mike budenholzer for coach of the year i mean yeah, that one feels good. Dave Yeager, first coach to be fired. I thought they played better good than about expected that. so far, although, yeah. I said the rookie of the year. What, what yeah, about Luke Walton? There just aren't that many candidates. People, I mean, people are, uh, the buzzards you know, seem I, to be like, circling there listed. slightly. Uh, Maybe. Which I think is undeserved it's it's always early with that uh yeah i mean so picking the Cavs is i so i picked two most disappointing teams cleveland and orlando cleveland it's not it's way too early to define that but i mean that loss to the hawks was just debilitating like that will be that will be in the consideration at the end of november uh, for the worst loss of the season so far (laughs) well i mean really what that list is going to be going through is like going through the the hawks the maybe the Knicks and like the Kings and just seeing like who they yeah. beat though I thought the Kings played really well in their win against Oklahoma City so I don't want to I don't want to knock that 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 one is different but and Orlando you know they did have that big win against Boston so we'll see where they are a little while from now I'm still very 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 concerned about their offense but Cleveland the big question that I had with them was whether the defensive foibles they had last year were LeBron based or not having good defensive talent based and preliminarily it looks like it was not not having good defensive talent they let i mean and granted it was also because trey young shot was falling but they let trey young run through them and then for i picked kevin love for my most disappointing player and while i do not expect him to have a true shooting percentage at 45 percent for this year or a per at 14 even just being you know not being able to carry their offense would be a pretty disappointing year considering not only the expansion of his role but also the money cleveland gave him and this gets into that idea of you know oh they paid him to make him more tradable well, if he doesn't look like he's no, worth this contract, he he's not tradable. You know, that that's the way this works. And they made a pretty big bet. They made a big bet. And I, I, I wrote, I was critical at the time. And, and I mean, the Nance one is, is similar, but a much smaller contract. And so this could end up looking like a much darker situation than some, that some does not include either of us, but some expected. Still feeling pretty good about Luka Doncic for uh, rookie of the year, uh, as far as who will actually deserve it, uh, as far as him actually getting it. 
you know, Aiton is putting up a lot of points and rebounds, although uh, the defense has not been good early. You know, Fred Hoiberg was someone we talked about as a, a potential firing, although, you know, the Bulls generally look for any excuse that they can find to not fire someone, and he still has uh, a year left on his contract after this. But the Bulls look pretty bad early. The injuries probably will be uh, an excuse there. Um, so at the start of the year, we did tiers of teams that could potentially win the championship and teams that would be you know the, in the worst tier of teams in the league is there any team that you would add or remove from either of those two categories based on the first week or so of the season so those were will probably remember yeah. that i had a bigger championship tier than you did and for right now i'm going to remove philly i think that their their offensive limitations because of their largely because of their personnel and a little bit of that is they've still they're still used unimaginatively relative to what some of the other teams are doing I'm going to put them out of that tier for right now I still think they're a very good team I think they'll be a great regular season team but thinking about that means you're saying they're going to go through at least two of Boston Toronto and Golden State credit and I can't really credibly say that at the moment I am totally fine having Toronto and Boston in that in the camp where I did and Houston and I'm still going to keep Utah there for now I think that their missteps so far aren't really as troubling to me as what Philly has done but they're on they're on the watch list now like they're the, they're now the team that is on consideration of moving down in terms of the worst I'm trying to remember exactly how I structured it but if I I don't think I had Chicago in that mix and Chicago is certainly more talented but just with this injury bug hitting them and their point guard depth being so bad it it could end up being problematic so I don't know I'm not sure that I put them in the absolute dregs at the moment but I would consider it just because they're not going to be fully yeah, healthy my bottom until tier was Atlanta Sacramento Phoenix and the Knicks I think I can go ahead and throw Cleveland in there for now and that's probably it the Bulls certainly are threatening though uh and at 0-3 there seems to be a lot of dissension in the ranks Parker going off the bench he hasn't looked great either so it, and uh the Dunn injury really hurts what defense they might have had so yeah I would definitely throw Cleveland in there though uh, based on what we've seen so far just because especially because their defense I mean you mentioned this idea that like oh they're gonna get better uh because LeBron is gone and that uh does not seem to be the case so far um all right, a few other predictions I'm not feeling great about. These are just general ones that I came up with weren't necessarily in that predictions pod. Uh, I've hit on a couple of these so far, but uh, one of them was a, a position that we both had, which was Zach Levine not being worth that four-year, $78 million deal. Uh He's just looked awesome in the early going, and it has. He's always actually number one, been a pretty good shooter on difficult attempts off the dribble. And but the fact that he's getting to the basket the way he is, that he's getting to the foul line the way he is, that's something that I think is even more sustainable for him to be relatively efficient. I mean, he's put up thirty what uh, each of his first three games, right? So and on pretty efficient scoring uh i also said that jabari parker was a decent gamble for the bulls on that two-year 40 million dollar deal with the second year a team option and that the bucks you know didn't really get anyone that was so great uh, they should have tried to re-sign him that's probably just not the case i mean i, I don't think he even necessarily could have helped them you know we'll see it's still early there's still hope it, it continues to wane uh by the day here uh but uh, and i think you know i don't know what else they could have done with that uh, that money uh you know maybe they could have gotten another first round or maybe they could have tried 
try to do that deal with Denver instead of picking up Parker. And it's possible maybe they'll just, you know, re-sign him as the sixth man after declining that team option. But they definitely will not be exercising that team option at $20 million. It, it seems like there's no way. That definitely feels unlikely at the moment. Yeah, I mean, I feel a lot of the breakout players that I predicted, I feel pretty good about. Dennis Smith is the one where I'm the most queasy just because it might be, you know, a little, little further into the future because his shot, his shot selection issues are absolutely still there. But And Lamb, it's yeah. going to depend on whether he makes shots. But Josh Hart, I think, has looked really good. I, I expect that he will. He deserves to be the starter now. I expect he will be the starter soon enough. Yeah. Jared Allen, as a one that I consider to be, he's looked he's looked really good this year. And, you know, Jetty's had had his moments. That team, there will be breakout opportunities on that, on that team just because they need guys that can competently play. And I'm getting more and more concerned, not because he's played poorly, because he hasn't played about Wayne Ellington. Because this is a weird, a weird thing that he's, you know, still unavailable for them. And Miami's dealing with stuff and it's a long season. But, you know, age 31 years. Yeah, Wayne the Heat not exactly known for transparency with uh, their injuries. Uh, a few more that I'm not feeling too great about here. You know, I mentioned some of the win totals already with the Pistons and Hornets. Uh, the Celtics being a top five offense if healthy, that's not looking amazing so far. Just they have not quite had the flow. The shooting has not been there. You know, there's they've got a lot of guys who are like solid three point shooters, but maybe they don't have that one just unbelievable guy. We'll see if they can come around, but you know, it's going to take some time there, it looks like. And then I also predicted that the Spurs offense would be bad. I think I underestimate, and now they haven't played some great defenses necessarily either, uh, but. I think I may have underestimated the positive effect that actually losing Patty Mill or I'm sorry that losing DeJounte Murray would have on their offense because Murray despite the fact that his jumper supposedly looked better early on from two-point range off the dribble still was not really projecting as a three-point shooter not really projecting as someone who'd get guarded and so the fact that they're just playing Bryn Forbes and Patty Mills now that's going to hurt a lot on defense to be sure but a lot of space for DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge to work getting that extra three-point shooter who are two guys who actually are really good three-point shooters for the point guard position and are totally comfortable playing off the ball like those guys are actually a really good fit with DeRozan and Aldridge offensively and so I think maybe you know now that those guys have a little more space to work uh Rudy Gay's had a nice start to the season too uh, when he's not uh backing 10 feet off LeBron when they're up by three in the last 10 seconds of the game uh so th- their offense is looking like it could be better than especially their defense has been atrocious so far but uh you know again that's one of those ones that's early the Spurs are shooting really well from downtown I think 47 percent but uh and they're not shooting a ton of threes still either but they at least are providing some space whereas Murray you know just wouldn't have needed to be guarded when he didn't have the ball uh any any of those that fall into your category there uh for bad predictions yeah, I, you again want to have back I I'm trying to think of them I mean, I think I had Aaron Baines yeah, but, on my regression list. Now. I we'll think when he's he been healthy, he he's looked pretty there, good. Yeah. Uh, I, I still, I still like him. He did get injured. That's yeah, part. That, of, that's that's part true. of why we pick old players to regress. It's not just performance; mm, it's injury. That's true. <sighs> I don't remember. I don't remember. Maybe as as many of them. I think you you kept better records, but I think that's. Hmm. Well, I've got. I, yeah, yeah. good. Yeah, and it's too early. Like I, I have one. So like I said, Indiana's defense would regress, and they're doing really well right now. But again, it's so early that I don't want to. I don't want to like say I was wrong when it's you know when we're at like a three um, or four games. I do have a few positions. A few predictions I that I thought were pretty good that I've made, you know, that I can remember. Uh, on the for the Lakers, I said that they'd regret losing Julius Randle and signing Rondo and Stevenson instead, and. 
I know they technically ended up signing Lance for the room exception, but initially they agreed to sign him with their remaining cap space. And so once they had done that, uh, you know, that was kind of the opportunity cost there uh, to use up the what the money that would have been Randall's cap hold with Lance and Rondo, both because Randall has looked awesome so far and because the Lakers big man situation has been so ugly I mean they've JaVale McGee just you know cannot play at the end of games as a pick and roll defender and you know Kuzma now he's been needed on the wing with Ingram out and as a backup center you're never going to stop anyone there with him you know Randall actually was capable of switching he, he could play some decent defense at, at center at least if he's in that role uh and then also so just the fact that they have no bigs and again people are like oh no like he didn't want to sign a contract longer than one year well and Aaron Mintz, blah, blah, like, well, they had his full bird rights. They could have offered him like 20 million over one year. And I have a feeling that he would have, and, or they could have just forced him to sign the qualifying offer. Like there's, he signed for a one plus one with less than 20 million over two years. I'm pretty sure he would have taken the the 20 million over one year. And that was just, you know, they wouldn't have run into the luxury tax or anything that way. So there was no reason not to do that. Uh, and he looks awesome so uh, i'll stick with that one also another one i had was that lebron's efficiency will be down this year i think that is going to be the case there just isn't the same amount of room that he's used to out on the floor with this lakers team and, and they'll shoot better than they have but it's still you know the shooting has not been great um i've got a few more here but are there any other ones that you're uh you wanted to crow about uh i mean i i kind of want to wait if it feels too early to to crow just yeah, because well, a mean, lot of those a lot of those kind of structure let me let me look <sighs> If we're going to beat ourselves up, we can we can crow a little bit with the caveat that things can obviously change. This is a week. Well, yeah, but I, I don't like crowing and then being wrong. <laughs> I like that a lot more than thinking I was wrong and then being right. You know, like if we're, that I, I don't know what how that yeah. frames in the positive negative negative space. Well, I think that one thing I'm pretty happy with is the I mean, granted, Minnesota is a big exception here just because we don't know what's happening with Jimmy Butler. But I feel pretty good about the general contours that I, I had for both conferences of like the teams that would be good the teams that would be bad the teams in the middle and so there are a few areas like the the last playoff spot in the east i think charlotte and detroit have both looked better than i expected but there were also injury risks for both and uncertainty with both those teams but you know the, the the fact that there isn't a team that like i predicted to make the playoffs that i'm saying they're going like oh crap they're going to be a mile out like that's pretty good you know it's good to not not be living in fear or, or regret already with some of those granted some of that is also because san antonio's injuries happened but they've also looked better than i anticipated you know, DeRozan, LaMarcus, everything else. And so I need, and I'm excited to watch more of them over the next few weeks. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think that some of that was like doing the work early on thinking that Cleveland wasn't going to be good and, and those kind of things. But that's, you know, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't feel as good because I've been as resolute in it for like months now. So it doesn't feel, it doesn't, and, and I'm, you know, I don't think as necessarily as much about conventional wisdom with things like that. Yeah, th- that makes sense. Uh, yeah, just uh, generally, I mean, there's nothing that i'm just like oh man this is looking awful so far um a few others that i just wanted to hit on quickly josh hart having a really good year we both have, have talked about that uh oklahoma city's shooting being a major concern uh that certainly is looking to be the case in the early going uh alfred payton that he would look okay in new orleans that they wouldn't li- miss uh rajon rondo that much uh, i think that's both uh both those have been the case uh that willie hernan gomez could give uh some pretty good backup center minutes to the Hornets, and then he would be in the rotation. That's looking solid so far. The Miles Turner contract not being a great idea. You know, he hasn't looked very good in the early going either. He's certainly been outplayed by Sabonis early on. 
and with Sabonis up for an extension next year you know it seems like now that they have given Turner this money it's going to be difficult for them to extend Sabonis at maybe what he's going to deserve especially if he outplays Turner this year uh Cleveland's defense still really sucking uh and Caleb struggling to be efficient we both uh, were on that train and then that Kyrie Irving based on his preseason would struggle at the start of the season then he wasn't all the way back uh that's been the case so far he's shooting 34 percent from the field that's been a big part of the Celtics offensive struggles so far it's funny I just looked something up and uh related to one of my one of my other predictions and not necessarily because it it, it is off of what I predicted but because I realized it's a great thing to track for the 15 and 60 on the Rockets I'm gonna save it for them um but so you can look forward to that on Sunday night slash Monday morning because I it's something that I've wanted to track all year and so I'm gonna try to have like probably like three of those things for each conference of just things to keep an eye on and then if it ever becomes not interesting oh, so it involves Houston's yes, isolation I'm, offense basically everything does to uh so. see this i guess one other i could take a uh an early mini l on is uh marvin bagley i think has been better than expected we talked about that uh you know he's yeah and, and uh, what what is encouraging it's not just like oh his his box score stats have been good because that was always a possibility i mean i you could do that but he's looked more put together defensively than i expected which is fantastic i mean that that's an important line for him in terms of whether he's going to be a starter rotation player your best big man starter your number two however all that works out and his second jump is so ridiculous i think it can cover up some of his other mistakes and if he can get sharper mentally and you know start to figure out the complicated nba which takes all young big men time it's not marvin magley is not unusual in in any way shape or form with that so yeah there there's certainly some positive signs yeah. there and i wonder what's gonna yeah. fit i think next like, like to a thaddeus like, young we'll, type we're gonna need to like, watch a lot more film on of, him i mean obviously they're they're like going, okay, well, what do you what awesome, do you want but, next to marvin you know, I, I think you need you know a thaddeus young a pj tucker you know just a real good defensive power forward sure um and we'll see how he looks as a switch guy you know he hasn't necessarily been deployed that much there yet uh i, I got a couple other ones too actually now that i think about it uh landry shamit we were not particularly kind to that pick just based on what some other people were saying uh, about him but he you know for him to be in the rotation early you know the, the shot hasn't gone down yet uh he's taken 16 threes and four twos so far and, and he's you know a little bit below 33 percent on threes so but i mean he's shooting it like he expects to make it and the team expects him to make it and so him being in the rotation early i don't think anyone saw that and then not buying the harry giles hype uh that certainly looks to be accurate so far with his 27 percent true shooting uh and just some awful plus minuses through the first four games or so one other 2018 draft thing to note is we didn't mention him much because we hadn't seen him at all but dante yeah. divincenzo just looking better than i would have expected in terms of his confidence you know it'll be interesting to see how milwaukee's bench bench rotation works out but yeah I mean, and you never know been better rookies, than i thought right? he would like, be because they look i hadn't good seen right much now and, you know you know he's three out of 10 on threes but he's he's 20 playing 21 minutes a game i don't think especially with some of the depth they had and, and i mean a guy like del vadova for example who just is totally out of the rotation uh divincendo even has been playing as much or more than tony snell but we'll see sometimes with these rookies they start the season and then you look down and they're shooting 25 percent from three a month into the year and they can't play anymore you know so like the, the, there's uh especially guys like shamit and divincendo who are very reliant on the three-pointer now they're taking difficult shots and they're being guarded but if those don't go in at some point teams that will not give them the same level of gravity uh that they're experiencing right now all right uh we will be finishing out 
the week tomorrow with uh, a gamer on those thursday night games and twitter nba show as well for nuggets lakers and what's the early game tomorrow we'll probably do the end of that if it's close as well oh baby yeah that'll be uh th- that could be a defensive struggle the way those two teams Celtics thunder i believe right now but probably would be close at least so that's good and and russ will be back which is nice um all right we will uh catch y'all next time till then you must love hoops if you're enjoying another great episode of dunked on The Locked On Podcast Network has more hoops for you. Locked On has a podcast on every NBA team. If you're a Lakers fan, a Bucks fan, a Celtics fan, or a Mavericks fan, the Locked On Podcast Network has a daily podcast on your favorite team. All 30 NBA teams have a daily podcast at Locked On. Search on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts for Locked On, your favorite team, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.